Welcome to The Marissa Morrison Show, where you'll discover your inner power to create the life you desire. I'm Marissa, and I began my business as a 19-year-old, single mom, broke, and in college. Today, I run a seven-figure business that teaches entrepreneurs how they can have it all without the frustration and overwhelm. Abundance, peace, joy, and overflowing love are available to you. And I'm here to show you the way to a richer, more vibrant life that radiates into your business, bringing you higher profits and profound fulfillment. You see, when you connect with the miracle that is you, you become an unstoppable force that doesn't need to push for success. Consider this an invitation to step into a new world of possibilities, empowering perspectives, and radical breakthroughs. Buckle up and get ready to see the world around you in an entirely new light. This is your life, and you don't need to wait to experience your dreams. It all starts now. Today is a very special day. We are going to talk about something that is really where my entrepreneurial journey began. This is my heart's passion. You know, whenever I really set out to create a business, it wasn't because I wanted a business. It wasn't even because I wanted to really make money. I just wanted to do what I loved. I was in college to be a doctor. I was getting my bachelor's degree in human medicine at the time. I had two young children and I had been photographing families here and there, very, very much just kind of on the side, picking up what came along, no real thought into how I was going to build that business. I just did, you know, one step at a time. I slowly built up this clientele base of families that I was photographing. And I did that for about two, two and a half years. Today's all about weddings though. So how did I actually get into weddings? The thing is, it's so crazy to look back on because the very first year that I started photographing weddings, I photographed 25 weddings and it went up from there. I, my goodness, have learned so much over the last 15 years of building a wedding photography business and servicing luxury clientele all over the world. And today I'm going to share with you what I believe allowed me to book those 25 weddings with zero experience in weddings. I basically started from scratch. Yes, I had some families, which I think did serve me as we will get into this but I had no clue what I was doing. I was quite literally clueless. (laughs) And so if you're a wedding photographer and you are wanting to expand your business and grow, whether you're just getting into it or you might be experienced and you already have your business, the things that I'm gonna share to you today are tried and true and they still apply to this day. As I was preparing for this, I was actually thinking like, my goodness, this is almost what I would share with someone if they were like, Marissa, I need more bookings. Like, what's going to make the biggest difference? And so in today's episode, we are digging up some gold from my past. But just like you want to create timeless photographs, the processes I share in here are timeless. Get ready. We're going to have a really fun conversation. And like I said, if you're a wedding photographer, this is for you. I've been doing this for 15 years I've coached other wedding photographers to build beautiful portfolios, to create recognition and demand for their brands, and to 
align clientele that really fill up their soul so that they can not only get paid what they're worth, but also create artistry that fulfills their soul. It's all about that beautiful balance. And if you know me, I am absolutely all about building a business that supports your desired lifestyle. And so it's that harmony of all of these things working together that I am just, I'm about it. I'm here for it. It's my life and it's what I believe all of you deserve. And so that's exactly what I've put inside of the Wedding Photography Masterclass, which is opening very, very soon. And I am so excited about that. The doors have been closed for about nine months. And so it's the first time since January, I want to say, I believe, that it was open. Not only that, but after listening to today's episode, if you want more one-on-one focused attention in your business, I have just opened a few spots. I started off with five this week and I'm down to four. And so once these spots are taken, I'm going to close them for at least six months because that's how long the majority of my one-on-one clients are coaching for. So those are the things coming up, but today you were in for a treat. Now, as always, I want to encourage you to become present with me. Just taking a few deep breaths, letting go of all the things on your to-do list, and really zoning into this present moment. A couple things you can do is just notice the colors around you, textures that you can touch around you, and the weight of your body. Notice this place where you're standing on the planet and how blessed you are to be here. And what that tells me is that anything is possible for you. Just the fact that you're here, that's a pretty big deal. And so whatever your dreams are, which if you're listening to this episode, it's probably related to building a photography business and more specifically a wedding photography business. I want you to know that that dream is valid and you wouldn't have that dream if you didn't also have the capacity to bring it to life. And so let's get into this. So I was photographing families. Whenever I did my very first family, to be honest with you, I was charging $35. (laughs) So I will share what I charged also for my first wedding as we get going here. But I had been photographing families and I slowly increased that price. I slowly, you know, I was definitely getting the hang of my camera, but I still was very much so self-taught. So I was shooting in aperture priority. So I wasn't really shooting in manual. I was terrified of bad light. So I still had a really, really long way to go. The idea of shooting weddings kind of felt really far off in the distance. And in fact, when I first started, I didn't want to shoot weddings. I just, you know, I just wanted to take pictures, honestly. That was it. I would photograph anyone. Anyone that would stand in front of my camera, I would take their photo. (laughs) And I was happy doing so. I didn't even realize that I needed to niche down or that idea. I was absent of the knowledge. Let's say it that way. Like I had no clue. I had no wedding portfolio at all. But one day I saw a photo and it was a bride with a veil and light was coming through the veil. And up until this point, I hadn't really thought about creating that kind of work, this ethereal, dreamy, bridal portrait. And when I saw it, it was Elizabeth Messina, who I love and adore, and it stopped me in my tracks. It did something to my heart. I felt this connection to this photo, and I knew that I wanted to create that too. And so I slowly started to look into more weddings, and I became aware of what was out there, what was happening, 
And I started to feel this call into weddings, this drive, this pull. And so what I started to do, which I really believe was a big part, and at the end of this, I'm going to boil it all down to the main things after I share all of this with you, is I started to speak about weddings boldly. I would talk about it at sessions. You know, I would look for what I call an open door. And I use this phrase often when I'm teaching other wedding photographers and in my coaching of other coaches as well, is there's always in conversation an open door. And what that means is that you want to talk about something. You want to talk about an offer you have. You want to mention something that makes your offer excellent and a perfect fit for them, but you want it to feel really natural. And so you're looking for and listening for, I should say, an open door. And so for me, maybe they were talking about a friend who's getting married or their sister who's getting married, or maybe they're referencing their anniversary or something of that nature, maybe talking about when they got married, whatever the case may be, it came up. I was looking for it and it happened. And so when that open door would present itself to me, I would mention the fact that I was excited about getting into weddings. Some of my clients at the time were recurring clients. Families oftentimes will do spring and fall photos. Some of them definitely will at least do once a year photos. And so I was seeing these people at least twice. So some of these people I was familiar with, some of them had had their sessions with me and then had followed along on Facebook because at this time (laughs) there wasn't Instagram, as crazy as that sounds. And so I was posting and they were saying, oh my gosh, your work has been beautiful. Of course I was growing because naturally my work was expanding and evolving. I was brand new and self-taught. And so it was, it was moving along, of course. And so at sessions, I would bring it up and I would, you know, say, hey, if you have anyone who is getting married, I would absolutely love the honor of photographing their wedding. I would also talk to my friends about it. Anyone that was in my circle, my family, I was talking online about it. I even created an offer on my website. I had no photos at the time, actually. And I still created a page for weddings and an offer. And I posted about it regularly on my Facebook page. So I was talking about weddings often. It was something that even though I didn't have images, it was a part of the experience for anyone that I worked with and anyone that came to my social sites. From there, I did in fact actually get to second shoot one wedding. And that one wedding, I will be honest and tell you that that was the time in which I was like, I am not going to have second shooters myself. (laughs) And I didn't. Probably for the first six years of photographing weddings, I did not have a second shooter. And I'm kind of going left field here, but I'll share. I really believe that that actually benefited me because it put me in the position where everything was my responsibility. And while that's a lot of pressure, it also required of me this service of excellence, this ability to problem solve, to not rely on someone else, but to be the solution. And so it really made me this powerhouse of a photographer that could really handle anything And any kind of situation, you know, even like the groom prep and the bridal prep, I just changed the schedule and I sold it to them as to I'm the artist and I want to create those images. And so I'm going to be the only photographer. And so as time went on, of course, I did start to have a second shooter and I do love working with them now, although I don't always do. 
But that first experience, I just was like, oh man, I'm going to get to take so many awesome pictures. You know, I was naive. I was young and I had no experience. I didn't understand second shooting. I just thought like, I'm going with this photographer to her wedding. I'm going to bring my camera and I'm going to take some amazing photos and I'm going to get that photo with the veil and the light coming in and I'm going to get to have it on my website. I probably got about 10 photos. (laughs) And most of what I did was carry bags and help pin the dress and do what at that time I considered the dirty work. Although if I could tell you anything, if you are wanting to second shoot, please be humble, be there to serve, realize that everyone that you're working with is an opportunity to connect and to grow with, and that they could be the next person to refer you. I did have good energy. Don't get me wrong. I just in the back of my mind was like, this is not what I'm here to do. Like, this isn't what I wanted to do. That's the young part of me at the time, which is fine, but I'm just being honest with you. (laughs) And so finally, after sharing with everyone, someone in my church reached out to me. I had actually gone to seventh grade. We went to school together, but I knew her. I knew her brother. I knew her parents just briefly, and they booked me. But my first wedding, you guys, It was $700, yes. And I had to drive two hours from my house to get there. (laughs) And so, you know, I, I did all that I could and I went all out. Like this was it for me. I gave them more hours than what they paid for. It was really funny. I actually had some cards that didn't hold enough data for the entire wedding and I didn't understand gear and processes at the time. I brought my laptop with me and it was at a beautiful venue where everything was in one location. So the prep, the ceremony reception was in one spot. And I actually got my camera out. And when the card was full, I had to go to the back where my laptop was and download the photos so that I could clear it and use it again. This is how much of a newbie I was. I had never had a point in my entire experience where my card filled up and I had to keep shooting. So that was a new experience for sure. (laughs) And so from there, you know, at the wedding though, I will say like I had business cards. I was communicating with the guest and I had a smile on my face the whole time. Of course, I was doing what I love. I was like a little kid in a candy shop that first wedding. And I just really put my best foot forward. If they would ask me for anything, I said, absolutely, of course. And you know what? That's still my response today. When guests ask me for photos, I would love to, absolutely. And so that's why I say so much of this is timeless, is showing up and being your best self, having a servant's heart, it goes such a long way. I actually remember one wedding that I was at, I was talking to one of the guests briefly and They were telling me how thankful they were that I would take their photo. They said that they were at a wedding previously in my same area, which was New Orleans. This was a few years later. And they told me that they had asked for a photo. And that photographer who was photographing the wedding said, sorry, that's not what we're doing right now with an attitude. I was flabbergasted. Like I don't understand how that individual can grow in business And in fact, I don't think that they are doing weddings anymore. But when you're at the wedding, you were there to serve. You were there to give an amazing experience to make every single person there feel special as best you can. And so that's what I did. So I spoke to guests. I had business cards. And the very next day, I posted photos on my Facebook page. 
And at the time, nobody did that. You know, like now we have these event previews, which I love to do on Instagram stories. It's wonderful to tag all the vendors and get everyone involved. But at the time, this was like not a thing. And so I got their photos out that next day. I only posted maybe five, but everyone loved them. Of course, looking back in some of my webinars, I have one coming out that's all about my system to generating high quality leads. So stay tuned for that. And on that webinar, I actually share photos from my first wedding. So if you want to see, tune into that webinar and you will get a good laugh. Um, but hey, we all start somewhere. And for me at the time, they knew what my work looked like before. So of course they were expecting something similar, but I was so proud of it. And I even did my flash good. I just was like so excited. And so within one week, I was able to get the full gallery to them. I asked them for a review and I offered them a discount on any future sessions for referrals that came to me and booked. I knew that they would want photos of their family as it grew, which I did photograph them later on. And so any referrals they gave me and booked, they got a discount on that future session. And so I was just like pulling stuff out of my hat. You know, I'm like, I need to figure this out. I need to get more weddings. I want more of this. Shortly after that, I think it was a couple months, a wedding came and they booked and then another and then another. The thing is my prices were really low. And I think most photographers start off that way, not really sure what to charge. And so for me, I do believe that that helped me. We'll get more into that in a moment. But one thing I want to stress about this is that with each one, I went above and beyond in every single way. Yes, I made discounts here and there, not from the price because it was already low, like I shared, but if they needed more hours, I wouldn't charge. You know, there were things that I did that I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but I am sharing vulnerably with you, honestly, what happened and what I did. I had such a spirit of gratitude and thankfulness for this opportunity. It had become my dream. It was like the next level of my photography. And to be honest, being able to not leave seven days a week to do sessions and to leave one day and get paid the same amount was exhilarating. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm home with my kids. You know, I'm getting my time back in a unique way because yes, I was gone all day over the weekend, maybe Friday or Saturday, sometimes both if I did two weddings because I did that at the time. But my weeks were mine and that felt so good. And so in my attitude, I just showed up with that servant's heart. In my contact, in my follow-up, I went above and beyond. I was always there. I allowed my clients at the time to text me. And in fact, my clients today still text me. You can hear different stories about that from different people, but I really believe that who you attract is about your brand, which is why I'm so passionate about teaching others to build really solid brands that attract ideal clients because when they're ideal, there's this respect and there's so much that you can put in place in your processes to ensure that that texting is an abuse. And at the time, I just was so thrilled. In my services, in my gifts, I would give them prints for free. I would surprise them. In my turnaround time, I was fast. I gave genuine care and good attention to everything. And let me tell you, good intention and genuine care and a positive attitude goes a long way. And another thing that I also was very, very careful to ensure. Now, no one had taught me this. I just 
in my artist's heart, we're all our own worst critic, that's for sure, in the creative world. Whether you're a wedding planner, whether you're a painter, if you do hair, you know, any kind of creative industry that requires inspiration, creativity, artistry, there's going to be some part of yourself that criticizes what you're doing, that says it could be better. And that was pretty loud in me at the time. I now have a very different relationship with myself as an artist, and I encourage my students to expand that as well. And when you do, you actually become more creative, which is kind of the crazy thing. But at the time, I didn't know. I just was like, you know, doing my thing. And so I was very, very selective of what I shared. I was so critical of my work that if I didn't love it, I didn't share it. And that's a great motto for you to live by too, <laughs> okay? Let me just share. If you're looking for a line clientele and if you're sharing things because you think you should share them or because you think you need to share them, but you don't love it and you're getting clients that aren't a good fit for you, that's something to question. If you're getting inquiries, but they don't actually book after a call or after they see prices, that's a good question. See, all of this is tied to your authenticity. And so I only shared photos that inspired me. And at the time, you know, of course, because from the time that I had very first seen that beautiful veil photo, I had been studying weddings. I like got into it. You know, I had found Jose Villa, for example, and I was just like taking in and studying every angle, every detail, the shots they got, you know, like thinking about what lenses they were using. I even remember purchasing both Elizabeth Messina and Jose Villa's books. They had books available and I bought them and I read them and I had been doing and building this vision within myself before I ever photographed my first wedding. And so I knew exactly what was trending. You know, I was aware of the industry. It wasn't like I just came in and I was like, okay, I'm just going to take photos. No, I had been devouring <laughs> everything I could get my hands on. I truly was passionate. And that's what makes people successful is passion. So most importantly, I knew what I was excited about. And that is what I focus on sharing. Now, I definitely made a lot of mistakes. But what I did, and I encourage you to do, is that when those mistakes are made or when something comes up that you're like, oh my gosh, this situation was terrible, instead of blaming the situation or blaming a vendor for being late or the bride for not understanding you, I always took responsibility. And I made a process to prevent whatever mistake had happened or whatever uncomfortable situation, undesired situation came into our reality. I looked at it as how can I make this better? And that made my experience for my clients only better. So most weddings, I did 25 that year, and most weddings were booked. Few of them were around that seven to $900 mark. But I quickly realized that that was too low. <laughs> I realized how much time and energy was going into it. I also had looked around in the market. And if I'm going to tell you a secret, I did what I called at the time blind inquiries. This is not necessarily the best way to go about it. Again, I'm just sharing. If you were to work with me, I would give you a different recommendation. And I will talk more about this in the episode coming up where I'm going to talk about building your business so that it supports your lifestyle because your price that you charge should be specific to you, your needs, your dream, and how you want to live your life. And of course, your expertise. 
Now, for me at the time, I did some blind inquiries. I looked at my work. I looked at their work, which is what most entrepreneurs do. And again, I do not recommend that this is the best way to go. But I saw that I could probably get between 1500 and 3000 If they got the engagement session, the rehearsal dinner, and the wedding day, definitely could get 3000 And so I started, you know, about midway through the year, pushing that two to $3,000 mark. So there was a pretty wide range of price points in that very, very first year. And I learned a lot. <laughs> and I had no clue what to charge. You know, I really experienced a lot in sales. I felt awkward in sales. Back then, like I even remember you guys, I could just laugh. There was one meeting because all of the people that I was booking at the time were locals. And so what I did was we met at coffee shops. I would literally have my contract printed out, ready for them to sign right there. And I would be like, okay, well, are you ready to move forward? Here you go. Let's sign it. You know, like it was just my youth, (laughs) my ignorance, but it worked. And, uh, One time, I'll never forget the dad was there. It was the first time the dad was a part of the meeting. And I remember I was charging 10% for the deposit and this wedding was $3,000. And it was the highest I had ever charged. It was like that first $3,000. And I came in the coffee shop, Starbucks to be exact. I had a 16 by 20 bridal print framed in a beautiful gold ornate frame. And I held it on my hip outward, if you can imagine. And I'm just like packing this massive print in Starbucks along with a few others. And when I sat down, it was like a booth. I leaned it up against our chair, you know, and talked. And at some point in the conversation, I like stood up and held the print, you know, in the middle of Starbucks. Kind of crazy. They did book and I walked away with $300. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, this is so much money. And they just gave it to me. And it's so beautiful, honestly, to look back from that moment to this moment. but. That's that first year. That was towards the end of that first year. And it just was so surreal. It was so surreal. So I didn't charge very much that first year. But what it did allow me to do was to get a lot of weddings under my belt so that I could have some experience. 25 weddings, that's a good start. It's a really, really good start. I had experienced a lot of the struggles, a lot of the pitfalls, a lot of the common questions. I started to understand their desires, their needs, how to speak to them, how to serve them, how to sell to them. And from there, I also was able to build a portfolio in record time. I mean, 25 weddings, they were all my weddings. So they weren't even second shot. They weren't editorials, although I did get into those later. It was years later, actually. But I had clients. And more than my portfolio, what really catapulted me was the relationships that I made. It allowed me to expand quickly. I worked with many different vendors. Now, not a lot of planners, but there were some planners, but hair and makeup, venues, people who were serving my clients. And so word began to get out. My clients also had a really good experience because I was this bubbly, joyful, ready to serve young girl that had a passion. And it doesn't mean you need to be like I was by any means. If anything, you should be you that makes you the most magnetic you that you could ever be. But for me, that was me being me. You know, that was me showing up and being passionate. And I got the word out. I continued to talk about it a lot. My clients referred me. Vendors started to refer me. And that was the biggest marketing tool that helped me take off is word of mouth. 
There is nothing on the planet that is more powerful than word of mouth. It's true for any product. It's true for any course online. It's true for any photographer that's wanting to get more clients. That was the biggest thing for me, I believe. It did help, I think, to have photos after that first year from weddings. But remember, I got my first wedding with nothing. So let's boil it down to the main things that I see that really allowed me to book those 25 weddings that year with zero experience in weddings. So I believe that it was my unwavering faith that it would happen. I was taking action on my gear, on my education in those books, in what I was studying on YouTube and Google, and what I was also studying on other photographers' portfolios. I was surrounding myself with the education, the knowledge, and the understanding of what was desirable in the industry, of what was possible, and how others were doing it. I didn't see it as a business plan. I saw it as my dreams coming to life. And I just knew that I was going to make it happen. Now, I was also in college during this time. (laughs) I had two kids, you know. I did it while I had another job on the side. I had my plate full, but it was that passion that allowed me to come and serve with a full heart. And very soon after that first year, I did not have a job. Remember how I said I didn't have to go seven days for sessions? I just went that one time. Well, I also got rid of the job. So now I was in college, two kids, and shooting weddings. And that was all I was doing. And not long after that, I decided to leave college after my third child. This was about three years later. And so kind of crazy to look back. Okay, next thing was my boldness to speak about it openly everywhere. A lot of photographers that I've worked with feel a little of that imposter syndrome. Don't get me wrong. I definitely felt it 100%. Like, I can't stress that enough. I did feel it. But my passion outweighed that feeling because I knew that I didn't have another way to make it happen. I was the source that was going to bring it to life. And so I really believe that that boldness to say, even though I feel a little uncomfortable, even though I know I don't have experience, I'm going to still rave about me being the best option. I also believe that it was my heart to serve, that servant's heart above and beyond, really serving my clients with as excellent of an experience that I could possibly give them to really say yes to all of their desires And that's not something I would necessarily always recommend. But again, just reflecting here, like there was no thing that they wanted that I couldn't do for them. I tried not to say no. If I knew deep down it was a no, I would try to figure out a way to make it possible for them. I also believe that it was my consistency showing up even when I felt like that imposter, as I referenced. That includes posting online. That includes updating my website, taking the time to really be sure that everything on the outside was representing the direction that I wanted to go. And finally, word of mouth. Weddings were my best marketing tool. When I was there, their guests, their family, they were able to see me in action. And there's nothing more powerful than that. Afterwards, they would see the photos that I shared the next day. They would see my website. And sure, that helped. But there's nothing more powerful than seeing a photographer in action, seeing their joyful attitude, 
seeing their willingness and their boldness to serve. Because you can look at other beautiful websites, but you can't see them in action. And once you see it as the potential client, you can't unsee it. Once that desire is locked in, it's there. That's why even now I have clients that I have photographed their weddings and their sisters or their cousins or their aunt's daughters are coming to me later and saying, I had to have you because they had that personal experience with me at a wedding. And that decision was made before they ever even got engaged. And so that's the power of weddings. Yes, it takes time because what I found is that a lot of referrals, some of my best referrals came a year, sometimes two years later. And when you book a wedding, oftentimes, you know, you book, you know, it's six months later or a year later, that's their wedding. And then it's another turnaround time to get the photos out, whether that's a month or three months for you. And then from there, it takes time for their friends and their family to get engaged. And so there is patience involved. But these are the things that I really believe are timeless. And they made it possible for me to book 25 weddings in one year. And that just shows that while it does require patience, with the right attitude and with the right heart, you can make it happen. Now today, another episode I might do in the future, you can DM me on Instagram and let me know if you want more of this. But another one that I could do is what I would do if I was starting from scratch, because I would do things a little differently in terms of building my portfolio. There's nothing more powerful than real weddings over editorials. Editorials are awesome. And there was an era in which editorials were all the rave. And today it's a little bit different. They're not quite as powerful. They're kind of overdone. But I will say that an editorial done well today is still just as powerful and it can set you apart in a massive way. So don't let that idea of them being long gone come and interrupt your perspective on them because they definitely are powerful. Little left field here, but I have so much more to share with you guys. That's my story. That's how I got those 25 weddings. And so if you enjoyed this episode, would you do me a favor that takes only one moment of your time? You just scroll on down, click the option to leave a written review and write something sweet. The purpose behind all of the episodes here is to empower you, to encourage you. And if you would like to share that love and that light with someone else, leaving a review and a five-star rating will do just that. It'll help them find us and it'll help them to hear that same inspiring message that you needed to hear today. All right, my friend, this is it for today. I can't wait to see you next time here on the Marissa Morrison Show. I love and adore you and we'll talk soon. Here we are again at the conclusion of another episode. I'm sending you a virtual hug and I want you to know I am so proud of you for staying committed to your dreams. It's all possible and it begins with you. If you'd like to discover more support, visit marissamorrison.net, where I have created opportunities for you to connect, expand, and to evolve into your greatest potential. Until next time, friend, I'm thinking of you and sending you all my love.